This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. Not every guest takes me up on the opportunity, but I like to do a segment called The Mic Swap, where I make my guest into the host, and then I become the guest. I let them take the conversation wherever they want to take it, ask me whatever they want, and uh, it's a lot of fun, I think. This is Mic Swap. All right. Welcome to the Shareable Podcast. I'm AJ Wilcox. I have Jeff. We're doing the mic swap. Jeff Gibbard, I'm so excited to get the chance to swap mics and get to interview you. Uh, what's your world like nowadays? Uh, world's looking really good. I mean, I'm, I'm right now I'm taking the summer kind of easy. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself a little bit more time to not be like constantly productive, but even in the midst of that, I've been doing a lot of different stuff. I'm still podcasting very regularly. Um, I put out episodes usually uh, up to three days a week, usually like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I blog twice a week. Uh, I have uh, another show called Heroic Council uh, for for those who follow me and, and have never heard that one. Heroic Council is another show I have where I, I group up with a couple other people and we talk about different topics in business. And then I have Rogue, which is a show where I, uh, I try to uh, pick apart somebody's superpower so that my listeners can steal it for themselves. So I'm doing all that in content. And then I also just launched, um, I'm doing a lot of team ups right now. So like what, what that looks like is, uh, I'm a superhero with my own individual superpowers. And then I find other superheroes that do things really, really well. And then I team up with them and we create a joint offering. So the one that we just, that I just released is it's a team up with my friend, Sarah O'Hennison and the team up is called super productive. And uh, we're both Asana certified pros. Um, my background with Asana is helping uh, agencies to build out their uh, project management and task management systems and, and using uh, you know, methodologies to manage priorities. And hers comes from being a, a former CMO and implementing it herself. So we then work with companies and we, we build out their Asana so that it works for them and they can get more done. So that's the, the most recent thing. And, and we launched that over the course of a weekend. Like we literally got together uh, on a Saturday. We, we rented a WeWork conference room and sat in there for six hours of the whiteboard and we literally built the business. Wow. Yeah. All right. For anyone listening, they're going to hear what, what you do, what you just kind of rattled off, and they're going to say, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't know if I could do that. Jeff, you strike me as someone who is a very high performer, and, and I know you well enough to, to know that you know, this is very manageable for you, and you've actually gotten to a point where you can manage your time really well and still have room for family and stuff. Uh, as a high performer, how do you keep it up? I would say that one of the most important things is uh, being able to set boundaries. So one of the things that I do, and, th and this is partly out of necessity because, um, you know, as someone with ADHD, it can be very easy for me to waste an entire week doing absolutely nothing. If I allow myself to, I could reorganize, um, you know, my notion or my task list or my email, uh, or I could play video games. Like I could waste an entire week doing things that don't necessarily matter. One of the things that I've worked really hard on is setting very, very clear kind of like guardrails around my week around how I utilize my time. So every Monday, I plan out my week. And that kind of sets me off on the right foot throughout the week. But I also have certain times throughout the week where I know I'm going to be shipping some of these things, right? So for the blog, let's say. So I know every Sunday, I'm going to write a blog post and release it Monday. I know every Wednesday morning, I'm going to write a blog post and release it Thursday. Um, that's dedicated time on my calendar that cannot be taken by something else. If somebody's like, oh, hey, would you, would you like to, uh, you know, do something this Wednesday morning? No, I'm blogging. 
that's my dedicated time for it. I've set my, my mind that that's going to happen. Uh, the podcast, it's the same sort of thing. Like I, I interview people and I know that I'm going to have the time to, I'm going to take an hour. I'm going to edit all the shows. I'm going to set them to go out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So it's a lot to do with time management, understanding energy and like when I'm going to have the type of energy or creativity or focus to, or clarity to, to put these things out. But it, it really comes down to, it takes a lot less time generally to do things than we think it's going to. We, we assume like, oh, I'm going to need all day to do that. Realistically, like you might need a half an hour, but you might have to psych yourself up for like two hours to do that half hour. So I've just gotten really clear on a lot of those things. And it, it is a lot of, if I was starting from scratch right now, it, you know, I guess you look back at me in 2011 or 2008 or 2014, different periods of time, take a slice of my life at that time, I wasn't outputting at this level. And that's because I wasn't in that kind of routine. I didn't, I hadn't worked out the kinks in the system. So I would say for anybody that is listening, if, if you feel like, wow, that sounds overwhelming and a lot, just take it day by day, like get to the point where it starts to feel comfortable um, and make sure you are setting aside that time for the family. As you mentioned, like I, I do all of these things as efficiently as I can so that I can spend that time with my wife and my daughter who I love more than anything. Yeah, that, they're the real priority for sure. Exactly, it motivates you. So I'm so guilty of this where, you know, I can't see the forest for the trees. I'm in the trees all day, every day working on tasks. And I really respect you because I, I, I understand and get the feeling that you take time to take a step back to reassess and, and reevaluate things. Uh, can you teach me how, how do you do that? How do you have this vision and keep things in perspective? So um, the easiest way that I could probably explain it, I'm going to give you some advice that somebody else gave me that whenever I kind of start to get really lost in the trees that I remember for myself, um, when it comes to sort of not letting yourself get too overwhelmed by all the things that are happening. There's that like kind of stop, step back, assess plan sort of thing. Um, have you ever done something where you learn a new trick or you learn a new thing and then you can't do it a different way ever again? Like, like yes. dicing an onion, right? You learn how to dice the onion that way where you do the vertical slices and then you slice across, right? You're never going to just hack at an onion ever again because you're like, well, this is more efficient, right? So I had a business coach back in... 2016, I think it was. And he said something to me the one day he was kind of annoyed with me. He was like this gruff dude. And I specifically worked with this guy because he was like very like confrontational and gruff. And like, he was a lot. You tell it like it is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and like that normally doesn't resonate with me. So I kind of took it on as like, this will be a little bit of a challenge. But anyway, he was, he was a little annoyed with me on a particular day. He was just kind of like frustrated and fed up with like my nonsense. And he was like, listen, man, you're constantly running all over the place. You're chaotic. You're always complaining. You don't have enough time, this and that. You move at a very high speed. You think at a very high speed. You talk at a high speed. You're, you're fast paced, right? But you're running at high speed in a hundred different directions. And then he said, slow down so that you can use your speed. And I was like, whoa. Because he was like, you know, you look at like NASCAR, right? And they go into a turn. They're just not taking that turn at 200. They're slowing down strategically at a certain point so that they can hit the exact right moment to hit the gas and go on that straightaway, right? Absolutely. So, so what that taught me in that moment and when I, what I've tried to apply since then is when I feel like I'm kind of spinning out of control or I, which happens mentally, like I feel like ah, I have so many things I don't know what to work on or I feel like I'm overwhelming myself by, taking on too much. I stop, 
and I just try to take stock of everything that's happening. And I try first to focus on what do I like? What do I want? Like, what do I want? Big, big picture. What do I want out of life? Like, what am I after? What is important? I read this book called essentialism, which if you haven't read it, game changer for me. Um, and I try to focus through the lens of like, what do I want to do with my life and what's most important and what can I get rid of? So when I'm in that state where I'm like too wrapped up in the trees and I'm overwhelmed and whatever, typically if I stop and I look around, what I tend to notice is I'm doing a lot of things that don't actually matter. And I'm probably also in all of this spinning, neglecting things that are actually really important. Like you mentioned, like when's the last time I When's the last time I spent some time with my dog, for instance, you know, like she's there, she's running around. She wants my attention. She'll give me a kiss on the leg and I'm busy. So I'm like, get away, leave me alone. <laughs> Maybe I should just stop and put the laptop down and look at that dog in the face and scratch her ears and scratch her belly and tell her she's great. Right? Like I'm neglecting that time because I'm too wrapped up in all of these other things. You lose sight of what, what's really important. And I think the key to that is you got to slow down so you can use that speed plan where you want to go understand what's important to you and then go full speed on those things, shedding the weight of all of those other things that are not important. Brilliant. You mentioned your ADHD. How do you harness it? And you know, when in your life did you realize you had it? And then what hacks and what processes have you found to kind of turn that into a superpower? Oh, that is such a good question because I, like, I'm really on this lately because um, TikTok, if you haven't gotten into ADHD TikTok, there's like a whole community on TikTok about ADHD. Whoa. And like, um, do you, are, are you an ADHD? Uh, I am, yes. Okay, so, so you will feel seen when you go there. Like I go to TikTok and I see people that are like, they're talking about things that they do. And this is one that's going to totally resonate with you. You're going to, you're going to probably love this one, but there's something that people with ADHD and some people on the autism spectrum do that will probably sound familiar to you. It's called info dumping. So it's a thing where when you're really excited about a topic, you, and somebody asks you about it, you're like, strap in, like we're going. (laughs) And then you just dump every, like, God forbid somebody finds me at a party and asks me about something superhero related. <laughs> I'm like, get yourself another drink. Cause we gotta, we gotta do this. So, um, so anyway, it's stuff like that, that I found on TikTok where I was like, okay, I feel seen. So I guess my first thing that I would recommend is like, um, there's a lot of shame around ADHD. When you are someone who has it, you think, why, why can't I just be normal? Why can't I just think like other people? Why can't I just focus like a normal person? And I, and I think that that's the first thing that you have to dis- dispense with. And you do that by surrounding yourself with people who see you for, for how you are. So like, I would never find someone with ADHD and hear about the things that they do and be like, oh, well, you just need to like fix yourself and like just sit down and focus or what. Like that's nonsense. Like you have to, you have to embrace who you are and find the things that work for you. So to your point is like the, the question of like, how have you kind of like hacked it and tips and tricks? There are parts of ADHD that I have found are very much like um, superpowers for sure. Like there are things that are absolutely extraordinary about it. What I can do when I sit down and actually hyper-focus, <laughs> for, for like what I can do in four hours or eight hours, God forbid I get to sit down for eight hours, like I'll crank out 40 hours worth of work in eight hours. Like, because the hyper-focus is real, you know it, like it, the, but there are some very significant downsides to it that, um, that, you know, really do make it difficult. You know, like you can, you can hyper-focus on something so insignificant and stupid. And like, you just find for the last three hours, you've been doing something that's so not important and you just got lost in it. Right. So 
here are some of the hacks that I've found. The, the, this is one of the most important hacks. So have you ever heard of the Pomodoro technique? Absolutely. Okay, so Pomodoros don't work for me. Like the idea of like start and then stop and then start and then stop, that whole thing, literally like that's a way for me to ruin a day early yeah. on. Here's the hack. Start the Pomodoro. So for those that are listening that don't know what a Pomodoro technique is, 20 minutes, you sit down, you set a timer for 20 minutes, you work for 20 minutes and you take a five minute break. Then you take 20 more minutes, you do 20 more minutes of work, then you take a five minute break. And then you do 20 more and then you can take a 15 minute break. And then you loop that basically or something to that effect. My technique is a little different. Start the 20 minute timer, timer goes off. I shut off the timer and I keep working because the secret is, is it's not that I can't work for long periods of time. That's not it at all. I actually can very easily sit down and you won't hear from me for two days. If I get yeah. into a task, it's getting started. I always say the hardest part of doing laundry is not folding my laundry. And uh, it's not like, it's literally just starting. It's taking the clothes down, putting it in, turning it on. And then I have to come back to it. It's like that whole process. But once I get started, I'm in, right? So I'm doing laundry. Same thing with work. If I can get myself started, like a snowball rolling down the hill, as long as I can get myself started. And I've recently added to this hack, which is that um, I, when I work, I listen to music, but I don't listen to music with lyrics because lyrics immediately take me out. I can't have a TV anywhere near me. I listen to like very ambient music or like binaural beats or things like that. So what I do is I just got a subscription to brain.fm. So I'll start my 20 minute timer. I'll throw on brain.fm. I'll look up and it's been six hours and I'll have just like blown through all of my work. So that's the first hack around my superpower uh, that I've found. The second, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this tip for ADHD, which is that um, when you start to get really, really clear on like what your, what your peaks and valleys are about it, what your um, strengths and weaknesses are around ADHD, I think it's really important, really, really exceptionally important to communicate it to the people closest to you and around you. So for instance, um, and this probably happens, it probably happens to you if you, if you deal with a similar situation to me, but when I'm in the zone, if I get into the flow, if I get into the zone, I cannot be interrupted. I cannot be not even like, not even a question. Don't even ask me red or blue, leave me alone. Do not encounter me unless it is vitally urgent. Because if you break that concentration, if you, if it's like a car crash, for my mental state and my emotional state, it feels like I've been, and I get incredibly irritable. So I've had to communicate that to people around me that like, if you see me and I am like locked in, walk away. Do not under any circumstances interrupt because if I lose that, I could lose it for the rest of the day. And what could have been a four hour hot streak becomes a 40 minute car crash. So communicating with the people around you is really important because the idiosyncrasies of how our brains work and how we work, I think are really important to communicate to people who may not operate that way. 100% agreed. It's interesting that you talk about the hardest part of doing laundry is getting it started. I have the same thing when I go to start a, a task. Uh, I am mentally exhausted of that task before I've even started because I had to psych myself up and convince myself that you really do have to do this now. So yeah, totally, but, totally. Actually, that just reminded me, let me give you one more. This is huge. This Please. is this is one that I saw on TikTok and I was like, holy crap, I cannot believe that that other people are like this. Have you ever looked at your calendar and you look at it and you have a four hour block that's like open to do work and you have a 15 minute meeting three quarters of the way in and you basically feel like, well, what's the point in starting 
the ta- the two hours before that, I have this 15 minute meeting coming. I might as well just mess around on the internet because I'm just going to have to interrupt it anyway. And then, so like, uh, I forget what the, there's actually a term for this, but um, because of that, I actually am very, very, I mentioned this earlier about being very diligent about my calendar. So I use block scheduling and I have windows of time that cannot, nothing can be scheduled over it. Because if you were to put like a five or 10 minute meeting in there, 20 minute meeting, half hour, and it interrupts a bigger block, if it's in the middle of a block, the entire block becomes useless. Whereas if you put it at the beginning or end of it, I can then build up the momentum to get from the, from start to end. So I, I usually don't give myself any scheduling that's less than two hours. So everything is pretty much in two hour blocks because then I at least have a little bit of time to ramp up a little bit of time to cool down enough time to get into a momentum without having it broken. Oh, so cool. And on the previous topic here of, of being a high performer, uh, high performers need to vent. They need to let off steam somehow. What is your hobbies? What, what do you do when you just need to decompress? So I will say that my decompression activities are kind of 50-50 between what I would think of as kind of more traditionally relaxing type things. And then things that most people would see as kind of more work because I get legitimate joy out of personal growth and like, I love reading like, and I, and we were talking about this earlier, but like, I love listening to audiobooks at three X speed. A lot of people that's very anxiety inducing for me. I love it. I feel like I, that's moving at the speed that I'm moving internally. So I'm consuming content and ideas at the rate that I want to. So I would say about half of the time when I need to let go and decompress, I just want to work on myself. Like that to me is like self-care and relaxation is like, I'm going to go learn about something. And sometimes it's professionally relevant. And sometimes it's like, I'm really curious how, you know, galaxies form or like something that's like super out there. Or like I'll get, I recently went through a phase of like philosophy. So I got really like deep into like Wittgenstein and Schopenhauer and Nietzsche and like all this and Plato and Aristotle. I went like really deep into that rabbit hole. And then I was like, all right, I'm done with that. And I moved on to the next thing. So it's like, it's a little bit of like chasing the dopamine of, of, of self-improvement. So that's the first half. The other half is like traditional, like video games is one. Cooking is like absolutely my happy place. If I ever get the chance snowboarding, whenever I can, I try to be out on a snowy mountain. Um, and then just any time I get to spend quality time with my daughter or my wife, literally doing anything with them is, is just, is like an oasis from the world. It's wonderful. Oh, beautiful. Um, I, I'm, I think I might know the answer to this question, but you know, you are someone who is just constantly obsessed with growing and learning. And, you know, where did you get that from? Is that a product of ADHD or is there something else that drives you there? I think there's probably two or three things that drive that. Um, one, I think is just my, like, it, it kind of is tied in a little bit to my obsession with superheroes. Like I love the idea of, of self-actualizing and becoming the strongest, most powerful, most capable version of yourself. And that ties into my desire to make an impact. So I feel like if I'm going to make an impact, I have to be prepared to make impact, which means I have to constantly be making myself stronger and smarter and more capable. So it's, it's kind of a, uh, little bit competitive and a little bit like ambitious to just continually be on that. I think the other thing probably if I'm going to be honest and vulnerable about it is like comes from a little bit of like an insecurity I got out of high school where and college where like school was not particularly well designed for people who function like I do. And I really had a long time in my life where I felt very, um, I don't know, like 
like I would never amount to much. Like I, the, the messages that I internalized through school, you know, you get a grade and a C is average, right? You get enough of them and you're like, well, I guess that's that. I guess I'm just average. Or you get a D in something you're like below average, right? You get a B and you're good. But then you see all these people who are A's and, you know, all that. And you're like, well, they're the ones who are going to be successful, not me, right? So I had all of these complexes that I feel like developed. And it wasn't honestly until I was about 30 that I realized like, I actually know about stuff. And like, I'm good at some things. Um, and I think a lot of the desire for self-improvement kind of comes from feeling like I'm making up for lost time where I could have done so much. Like I didn't start like reading, like actually reading until like my early thirties. And it was because all of the books I was assigned throughout all the time that I was assigned in school, like I didn't want to read that stuff. Like I can't read fiction. I just like, I can't, I've read maybe five or six fiction books that I like. And I, and people, my business coach even told me, he's like, you need to read more fiction because it'll help with your empathy. And I was like, I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty empathetic person, but like, I just can't focus on it. But once I got a hold of like the idea, you can read books as like data for self-improvement. Like I can read a book and learn about influence. I can read a book and I can learn about sales. I can read a book and I can learn about, um, you know, uh, I don't know anything, influence, persuasion, sales, marketing, psychology, people, relationships, all these things. I was like, this is what I've been waiting for. So I feel like a lot of it is I'm like, I feel like I'm making up for lost time. Oh, I love it. All right. So final question here. I have so much I want to, I want to run through, but I'm running out of time here. Um, Got to think of the question. Oh, here we go. <laughs> what is the biggest opportunity that you see in digital marketing or social media uh, or, or I mean, really anything? You, you've been a thought leader. You've been you know, intense, uh, intensely in our industry for so long. Where do you see the, the biggest benefit being? It's so tough because like it, depending upon the angle of what I'm looking at the opportunity for, like if I'm looking at it for business, I could answer. If I'm looking at it for like the world, it would be probably a different answer. Um, you know, I think that um, just in kind of in generality is what I would say is, I think that this whole uh, experiment in giving everyone a platform has been interesting, but we have some pretty serious course corrections we need to think about in terms of, um, you know, what we award engagement for, uh, what we award attention to. Uh, all of that stuff is, I think, vitally important. I think what we allow uh, on these platforms, you know, what there's some complicated questions that need to be addressed, you know, free speech versus, um, you know, incitement of violence and things like that. Like that's all stuff that I think needs to be looked at. Um, I, you know, one of the things that um, I'm really interested to see is, is how we bring back intelligent discourse, uh, what, both in business and in life. But like, you know what, you, you, you live in the world of LinkedIn. How much do you see of people who, try something that works and then they beat it until it's just, it's like it no longer works anymore. And it's annoying as all hell. Right? Yes. And I feel like that's a thing that happens just about everywhere is like, we, we can't, we can't just ever let a good thing be enough and be good. Like we always have to push it and push it and push it. And I think the big opportunity is to, I mean, hopefully really create these social media and digital marketing spaces to be what I thought they would be, which is an authentic place to talk about things that you care about, to authentically connect with people in ways that are real and not like some BS manufactured uh, plastic craziness, but like a real place where people can go and connect. Um, 
And that sounds real woo woo. I know it's like real, like kumbaya, but you know, I think that's, that's what I would like to see. Um, but I think TikTok is going to be huge. I, I, I would watch that TikTok. The kids seem to like it. I think it's one of the greatest platforms I've ever been on. So. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, this has been incredibly insightful. Thank you for letting me pepper you with questions. Cause I know I've got, a, gotten a lot out of this. Uh, well, you all know what to do. This podcast is shareable. Wait, don't leave. If you've never listened to my fancy outro, do it just once for me, please. Okay, if you enjoy shareable and you find it valuable, there's a few ways that you can support the show. One, you can share it on social media, which I strongly encourage. I mean, it's literally the name of the show, shareable. Two, you can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're an Overcast user, as many of my listeners are, make sure to click that star button on the episodes that you like. The third way that you can support the show is by blogging about it or discussing it on your own podcast or even by making a YouTube video where you talk about one of the episodes. And then the final way that you can support the show is by supporting it directly on Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. Now, before I let you go, I want to tell you about one other thing. You see, Shareable is just one of many projects that I'm working on at any given time. I've got another podcast called Rogue. I do a live streaming show every week called The Heroic Council. I've got a blog where I release a blog post twice a week. And if you're looking to keep up with all sorts of different content that can help you grow and become a superhero in life, I want you to check out jeffgibber.me. That's where I list all of my current projects and projects that are coming up in the future, including my forthcoming book, The Lovable Leader. It would mean a lot to me if you could go and check out some of the other things I've worked on because I put just as much of my heart into those projects as I do into Shareable. Thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you for being a supporter. And I hope to see you here on the next episode of Shareable.